Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Thank you for joining us on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Great to have you with us. And, of course, for the Cavaliers, a big week ahead as the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks will be in town tomorrow night. As always, great to be joined by Jim Jones and Jim, we're going to have a fun show on this edition of Cavs HQ, a uh, Cavalier player that certainly has earned his minutes and earned his role on this basketball team. Uh, Lamar Stevens will be joining us. And then, as we said, uh, with Milwaukee in town tomorrow night, we thought it would be great to hear from a Bucks legend on the broadcast side as their longtime television voice, Jim Paschke, who just retired after 35 years We'll stop by to pay us a visit. I know you worked with Jim for a while. Yeah, I did. I had uh, three one-year stints with him where I did 10 to 15 games, and we hung out together. Uh, late night, we were, we were sitting there drinking good wine. I mean, and I don't even drink wine, so he corrupted me. But he'll have some interesting things to say about where the game is today and uh, his great experiences. And, of course, Lamar Stevens from Linebacker U who's become our king of physicality for this Cavalier team. With he and Okora out there together, oh my goodness, the Cavs can compete on the physical level. And a terrific young man. Hey, Jim, real quick, uh, Cavaliers with Milwaukee coming in town on Wednesday, but uh, a quick look at what we've seen in the last week or so. Uh, Cavs with a, a gritty win on Saturday night against Oklahoma City as they gutted that one out, and then uh, a tough assignment with the Knicks on Monday night. Cavs win that one as they stave off a, a late Knicks rally. Cavs are 10 games over 500, 29 and 19. Uh, kind of size up what you've seen recently from this ball club. Well, what I've seen in a year where there's so many distractions as far as, oh, man, the injuries and then the protocols, uh, the Cavaliers have weathered all of that, and they've had their uh, bouts you know, with the virus and other challenges. But the thing that I like about them, and I feel comfortable in saying this, they defend. They wear you down. You might come out and shoot 55% in the first quarter, maybe even the first half, but you won't shoot that all game. They are really tenacious on the defensive side. As long as they continue to play defense, Tim, they're going to give themselves a win every night. And that's what you have to do in the playoffs where the atmosphere changes. Now we're going around, we're playing teams for the second and some for the third time. Everybody knows what you can do, but the defense is held up. Now we've had a couple of games where we haven't played like we did earlier, but that's to be understood because teams are playing us differently. So we'll make the adjustment. I know JV will, and as soon as they make the adjustment, we'll be off and running again. Jim, I know a guy that you had a very special relationship with and you played for, Al McGuire. He would always yes. say offense is like the stock market. It goes up and down yes. and up and down, but defense should be consistent. And the Cavs have been consistent defensively. Yes, they have. But he also used to say, if we play together, we all go uptown together. 
and the Cavaliers do play together. This is the most unselfish team I've seen in the NBA probably in the last 10 or 15 years. They honestly share the ball. They honestly play for each other. Is that surprising insofar as the chemistry and how quickly it has developed with this team, Jim? It is. It is because you have to remember, we talked about it last night, Mike Snyder and I, 90% of our league is, is role players. They're not the first option anymore. They're not the second option. They're not even the third option. You got to get your own to hustle. So that is a tremendous adjustment. When you develop your whole style of play upon getting the ball a certain number of times, they lose confidence. They fight it. They don't want to believe it. Then they tell friends, the coach doesn't like me or something else is going wrong. But what it is is that, hey, you're a role player. Play a role. And it's a hard adjustment for players to make. And for the Cavaliers to make that adjustment in just two seasons and to put themselves a game and a half out of first place in the East is truly tremendous. I take my hat off to Kobe Altman for the kind of kids that he wants. He's changed his profile on the kind yeah. of kids he wants. And, that, and that's why it all works. That's a great point, Jim. All right, we're going to take a quick time out when we come back. One of the Cavs' outstanding role players, Lamar Stevens, will join us. We'll hear from Lamar after this on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Lamar against Burks. Lamar into the lane. Big shot, good and a foul. The physicality of Lamar Stevens, Jim, we've talked about it. Loves rumbling to the basket and using that body. Download to Stevens, hooked it up, rolled around the rim and in. That's how you do it. You just got to protect the ball, be tough, get some movement away from the ball so that defense doesn't have an advantage. Welcome back, Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Jim Elkhorn along with Jim Jones and... Boy, we're thrilled to have with a second-year player out of Penn State, Lamar Stevens, as he stops by to pay us a visit on Cavs HQ. Lamar, great to see you. We appreciate you spending some time. I appreciate you guys for having me. Well, let's talk about this Cavs season so far, and obviously uh, 10 games above 500 as we sit and talk to you. But just talk about the way this year has unfolded and the successful campaign that the Cavs have had up to this point. Yeah, I mean, from last year, it's been, you know, just a huge step in the right direction. You know, guys are really bought into JB and just believing in each other. Um, we really, our chemistry is, has been, is something that, you know, I definitely need to speak on because I haven't been a part of a team, you know, that has been this close, uh, maybe ever. So um, I think we're just going out having fun and we're enjoying, you know, each other's presence. We enjoy getting better. Um, we enjoy pushing each other. So I think that's why, you know, the season has gone the way it has. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the last road trip where you went five and one. You played the two guard. And in my tweet the next the next day after on your way back, I said, don't tell Lamar that he shouldn't be able to play the two guard. I thought you were great. I thought <laughs> you were great at that. What was that like? Uh, at first, it was a little bit of an adjustment, um, you know, just with me normally getting a lot of minutes with the second unit um, and playing more of the three. Um, last year, I played a lot of four. Um, but I think, you know, just watching film and really, uh, you know, guys accepting me and accepting my game and really we just working well with each other. And I think that, uh, you know, I just was able to figure it out over time. And uh, like it worked for our, that road trip. We were able to go five and one. Lamar, I love your story. 
your journey to the NBA. Four years at Penn State, of course, uh, undrafted, signed by the Cavaliers. But for Cavs fans that are listening right now, take us through that process and how you ended up with the Cavalier organization coming out of Penn State. Yeah, so uh, draft night, you know, didn't wasn't able to hear my name called. So um, me and my agent were just trying to figure out, you know, what was the best option for me uh, team-wise to go to. Go to. And, you know, me coming out of college, I had no idea, you know, what was best. So he he kind of uh, pushed for, uh, for me to come to Cleveland. Um, Cleveland was one of the first teams I called after the draft. Um, and I was able to sign with them. And, you know, with the year that it was, it was COVID. I jumped right into it. No summer league, uh, really short training camp. And we just got right into it. But, uh, yeah, that's just how it started. And, and if I can sneak one more in here, what's your mindset at that point? As an undrafted guy uh, coming into an organization that certainly had young talent already here, how did you approach that? I mean, I thought, I, you know, each year I was telling somebody, I did an interview uh, earlier this week. I, each year coming out of high school, I thought I was going to go to the league after each year uh, in college. <laughs> and and uh, so I kind of thought, you know, all right, now there's things I got to get better at. And there's things that I need to lock in more on to, you know, be who I want to be. And I think it just kind of pushed me to be even better. Um, it really, you know, cut out things in my life that I felt like weren't bettering me. So I just really just locked in and just made me a much better person, made me a better player. Um, it just, you know, I just felt like I needed to hone in more on my craft because even though I thought I was a really good player, there was obviously things that uh, I needed to be better at. And I was, and I accepted that. And I just accepted the challenge. In the locker room, they tell me that you, that you're the one. You know, we can talk <laughs> about Kevin Love and some of the other guys, but I, I think that added maturity. Talk a little bit about what's that locker room like. Uh, the locker room is great. I mean, we have so many different personalities, but we we all mesh so well. Um, you know, we're always laughing, we're always hanging out, we're always doing different things uh, with each other. Um, and it's not even just on the road. Even when we're home, we still hang out. So, uh, you know, we're really close not close-knit uh, locker room. Uh, guys are great. Like, we, we have a bunch of – we have a group of great guys, and I think, you know, it's, it means a lot to me that they say that about me for sure. Again, we're talking with Lamar Stevens as he joins us on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Lamar, how much does JB have a part in that, in developing team chemistry and the relationships? Talk a little bit about the relationship that you have with JB, but what he means to the team overall. Uh, yeah, I mean, to the team, he's he's great. I mean, everybody respects, you know, everything that JB says. And, you know, we know that he's our leader, um, and we're following him and we're trusting him. Um, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, this is the only team I've been on in the NBA, but even going – you know, back to college, there would be guys that may pull in a different direction as the coach. Um, but I really feel like that everybody, we're all pulling in the same direction. We all, we're all following JB's lead and trusting, you know, whatever, whatever he says. And, uh, you know, each game, I feel like it kind of varies. Like guys are rolling and somebody's not playing. Like guys accept that now. And they trust that JB is just doing what's best for the team. And guys are okay with that. And that's, it's something special to see. Um, you know, because it wasn't even like that in college. And now, you know, we get to the professional level and guys are still willing to just buy into, you know, whatever JB says. And uh, my relationship with JB has been great uh, for me over the past two years. I mean, he's pushed me uh, 
you know, to, to challenge me to be, you know, a lot more than, you know, whatever I was in college. Like I didn't play any defense in college. Like that wasn't my role. And now, <laughs> and now he's, he trusts me to guard, you know, some of the, guys, the best players in the world. So he's trusting me to, you know, play the two guard when I played the four in college. So uh, I think he's just allowed me to um, really just expand my game and, and open my eyes at things that, you know, more ways that I can impact the game. You know, teams have been playing you guys differently. I, I would say over the last three games, teams have been double-teaming Garland on the, on the on the high dribble screen. Now yeah. they're trying to double-team Mosley. So what's, what's the thought process when you recognize that? Uh, just, you know, try to be, uh, try to be present, try to be present for him. Um, you know, EG's having a great year. So, you know, and it's hard to stop them in a uh, pick and roll. So, uh, I just try to be present, try to flash for him and uh, being able to make that next play. Um, and also being a guy that can able, that can put the ball in the basket that, uh, you know, they can't just leave me. So, and that's really just my mindset. And then, you know, just really whatever it takes to help, help those guys easy, make it easier for them. Cause like I said, they're having a great year. Lamar Stevens, our guest on Cavs HQ presented by Betway. We're sneaking a quick timeout when we come back. We'll talk more to the second-year player out of Penn State. Lamar Stevens joins us. We'll be right back after this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Young to the right side around a Gallinari pick. Young into the lane, floats, hung on the rim and fell off. Rebound Lamar Stevens. Ten seconds to go into the forecourt. Sexton left side to Stevens, down the lane. Pow with two hands. Stevens hit it. Atlanta, no timeouts. 112-111 Cavs into the forecourt. Young, bounce in the right corner. Three, no good. Cavs win it. Lamar Stevens, the rookie, with the dunk. Welcome back, Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones. And again, we're thrilled to have Lamar Stevens stopping by and paying us a visit. And Lamar, uh, I want to take an opportunity to let Cavs fans uh, learn a little bit more about you. Uh, you're a Philly kid. Uh, perhaps that's why you ended up at Penn State. But you also wrote a book about your journey from Philadelphia to Penn State. Uh, and you were ably assisted by some folks who uh, are very special. Uh, tell our listeners about this. Yeah, so... Uh... My senior year, we have a we have a day that we call it's everybody's awesome day. Um, and through my four years at Penn State, you know, I uh, we participated in uh, all types of different events, like Special Olympics, a thing called the Buddy Walk. And uh, through my years at school, I was able to develop a great relationship with some of the kids that were involved. And you know, my senior year, I was presented with the idea to write a book and have, you know, the kids I've developed, you know, pretty good relationships with illustrate the book. And they were able to uh, illustrate it while I wrote it. And on everybody's awesome day, they were able to um, come, like come to half court uh, at halftime and had everybody like a sold out arena, you know, just cheer them on for, you know, their participation in the book. And it was just, it was just super cool to see. And I think that was definitely the, the highlight of it, just a lot, just me seeing them get that spotlight and see the smiles on their face, uh, you know, for the hard work that they put in uh, with the books. And I think for me, it was more about them than it was for me, for sure. Well, you're to be commended because I was state chairman of Ohio 
for a couple of our Special Olympics and had a chance to to get involved with those that really need our help. Uh, yeah. But there's a lot of, but that's, you guys do a lot of that, don't you? I know there's league mandates, you know, where you have to do certain things, but you guys do, I saw you at the, the Cleveland State game. You guys get around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely think that I'm blessed um, and I, I like to try to be a blessing to others. Lamar, uh, boy, it seems as though it was just yesterday that uh, you were out there earning minutes for the Cavs last season. And uh, to me, one of the highlights of last year was your game-winning dunk uh, against Atlanta. Is that something that you still look back on and go, man, that that was my moment when I felt I arrived in the NBA? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was definitely a super cool moment. Um, <laughs> that might have been my only game winner ever. Uh Really? That, that night. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely something I won't forget. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of my first first special moments in the, in the NBA. Well, that's understandable because remember, Curry had his first about four or five days ago. I mean, game yeah. one. I ne- listen, I never made a game winner. I never made <laughs> I never made a free throw that won the game. Now, I got the rebound yeah. that led to someone making the shot like Magic or Norm Nixon or someone. But right. I just want to commend you on the way you play because your level of physicality, you don't back down from anybody. And you hear those people talk about all the time. No, I see it. You're able to play four positions for us. You're totally committed. And you got that Jim Jones turnaround jump shot that will bail you out every time. Beautiful yes, jump. <laughs> yes, sir. I appreciate that. It means a lot coming from you. Now, Lamar, Jim says you're a linebacker playing basketball. <laughs> So, you know, Penn State linebacker you, is, is that appropriate? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'd I accept that. i take that. I mean, our, our strength and conditioning coach played uh, football at Penn State, um, and he turned into our coach. I think he kind of brought that over uh, to the basketball side. So, you know, <laughs> we were always one of the strongest teams in the Big Ten, and all the coaches always said it to us. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely could see that for sure. Well, I just want to commend you and your team. I love it. Your potential is unlimited. Right now, what are you, fifth? You're fifth in the Eastern Conference, a game and a half out of first place. Who would have thought it that you young guys could come along so quickly? How do you keep the noise down and still be encouraged and still stay humble and competitive? I mean, I'm going to be honest. Like I, I'm so used to you know, my four years at school where coach would come in give us a speech and like, we'll talk about the game, recap the game um, to now where JB is kind of like when we win, like this is what we're supposed to do. And it's like, is, you know, he's really like holding us to a whole nother level. Like this is, this is what, who we are. This is what we're supposed to do. And even there's sometimes where we win and he's still not happy because we didn't play how we were supposed to play. So I think he's done a great job at just keeping us level headed um, and knowing that we can always get better. Um, and we hone in on that, and I think just following his lead has made us, like, quiet out the noise and just continue to focus in on us and being the best us every night. Lamar, to wrap things up, uh, boy, almost 50 games in already. Uh, We're on the back half of the season. What are the expectations, and what are the goals for the second half of the campaign? Playoffs. I mean, get ready for the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely – that's definitely uh, something in our sights. Um, but just continue to really, you know, be the defensive team that we are um, and let everything else handle, itse- handle itself. Um, 
you know, we're so talented. Um, so focus on defense and get ready for the playoffs. Well, Lamar, your work ethic and your determination to play at the NBA level is something to be admired. And Jim and I love calling when you're out on the floor, man, because we know we're going to see passionate basketball. Congratulations on your ascension to the NBA and best of luck the rest of the way. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Okay, congratulations. Good luck. I appreciate you. Lamar Stevens, our guest on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Boy, he makes a contribution every time he's on the floor for J.B. Bickerstaff. We'll take a quick timeout. More to come on Cavs HQ, so stay with us on the Cavaliers Radio Network. During tomorrow night's game, the Cavs will be recognizing a special wish, an organization dedicated to granting the wishes of children under the age of 21 who have been diagnosed with life-threatening disorder. Their sparkles of joy and big wish programs focus on creating great experiences and memories for the kids and families in the program. To help them continue to grant wishes to kids in Northeast Ohio, the Cavs will be presenting a special wish with a $25,000 grant from the Cavaliers Community Foundation. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be back with more Cavs HQ presented by Betway after this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back to Cavs HQ, presented by Bentway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones, and a very special guest now joins us on this week's edition of Cavs HQ, the longtime television voice of the Milwaukee Bucks. Jim Paschke is our guest, and Jim uh, has retired from that role, but boy, he went out in the best way you can as the voice of an NBA champion. Of course, Milwaukee, the defending NBA champions, and they'll be at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse on Wednesday night to take on the Cavs. Well, Jim Jones, uh, since you were the guy that lined this up and you have a history and a great relationship with one Jim Paschke, we'll let you start things off. Well, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, you know, I'm going to let Tim talk about all the basketball stuff, but I want to talk about how did you get the job? Because I remember, because you know I'm from Racine, the great Eddie Doucette, who really changed broadcasting from his style. Remember he gave Kareem the, the, the hook shot, the sky hook and all of that stuff. He was John McLaughlin, whose family to me, you know, John and I are tied at the hip. Tell us a little bit about how that got started and how you got that great Milwaukee Bucks job. Well, Jim, first of all, good morning. And uh, I want to let the listeners know that you and I have worked together. You are a former partner of mine with the Milwaukee Bucks. You filled in a little bit and we had a wonderful time. Um, I have a strange story. I was doing local TV sports for 13 years. I dabbled in play-by-play. I did a few things at the University of Wisconsin with the Badgers. And one day I got a phone call asking me if I would like to consider becoming the play-by-play announcer on television for the Milwaukee Bucks and the Milwaukee Brewers. That was back in 1986. So that's a weird story. Um, I probably should have been more cautious with my decision, but in 10 seconds I said yes, and (laughs) here we are. So, you know, I, I always thought I wanted to do this, and got the opportunity, took the opportunity, probably wasn't very good at it back then. And hopefully I got better over 35 years with the Bucks. And I also did seven seasons uh, with the Brewers in that span too. So uh, just very fortunate. Every one of us who does this has an individual story. 
And uh, mine is among the strangest, I think, because it really did start with a phone call. Jim, if you could talk about the Bucks as an organization and just what they do to continue their excellence. I mean, year in and year out, even though they hadn't won a world championship in 35 years, they're regarded as one of the best organizations in basketball. Talk a little bit about the Bucks from top to bottom. That is a great question, and you have set it up beautifully because after 1971, when the Bucks won their first championship with Kareem, Oscar, John McLaughlin, Bobby Dandridge, et cetera, you know, they had some great teams. Don Nelson's teams won a lot of games, and they always ran into either Philadelphia or Boston, it seemed, in the Eastern Conference. They used to play in the Western Conference. They had some issues there, too, but uh, they were very good basketball teams. And then when I came on, uh, they hit the skids. And uh, we had bad basketball for a long, long time. But the organization was always excellent, no matter what the record was. Players used to tell me that there are two teams in the league that they played for that they appreciated the most were San Antonio and Milwaukee. And that's when Milwaukee wasn't winning. So I thought that was high praise for the Bucks organization. And then, of course, when uh, the ownership changed, what is it now, seven, eight years ago, uh, the resources uh, were greater and uh, the pledge to win a championship was made and they delivered on that last season. And, uh, you know, right now with the deep pockets and uh, the resources available, this is one of the best organizations in all of sport. And in fact, their mantra is to be the best sports and entertainment company in the world. And uh, they're getting closer to that. I don't think the championship and they don't think the championship puts them there yet because you want to keep working towards something greater. But yes, the Milwaukee Bucks have been a great organization. And historically, they have taken care of people extremely well. It has been about the players. It has been about the people who work for the organization. They've been treated very well. Jim, at the broadcast meetings that we're all forced to go, I mean, that we go to every year (laughs) until the protocols, you're on the NBA broadcast advisory board. At our meetings, you always seem to be the one guy that had the voice of reason. Jim, talk a little bit about streaming and, and how that affects us, because it almost gave us new life. You know, they were trying to count radio out. And then the streaming thing and like 60% of Americans now they stream their sports. And the audio is the radio announcers. Well, it's a wonderful question, and that's where it's headed, Jim. I think I spent about 12 years on the advisory board when I was uh, with the Bucks, and uh, I enjoyed that very much. I learned an awful lot about uh, different sides of the business from the league point of view. Long ago, it has to be 30 years ago, 25 at minimum, that I predicted that streaming would be something that would happen. I felt like all sports would be delivered over the internet. And here we are. And it's going to happen. Uh, The leagues will will probably get involved. I think they uh, probably have to flip one switch in Secaucus, New Jersey to affect streaming uh, for all radio broadcasts. I mean, they have it all set up and they've been working toward that, not necessarily toward where it's going, but they technologically are set up for whatever can happen. I think it's going to change. And that's one of the reasons that uh, I thought it was a good time to retire because uh, not that there's anything negative that's going to happen. It's just going to be so different. Uh, We're going to have gaming involved in in the league. Uh, That's coming as well. I believe the leagues are going to get into streaming in a big way, both on radio and television. You know, it seems like the streamlined thing to do for me and 
I agree with you that it probably is a good thing for radio. I, I know some teams have done away with their radio broadcasts. So uh, if they can control them and stream them and derive revenue from that, I believe that is the way it's going to go. Now, on the TV side with streaming, uh, you have the complication of having contracts with the regional sports networks that are of different lengths, et cetera. And they're going to have to work their way through that either with some form of a partnership or something uh, until they can take it over themselves. Uh, my vision is that perhaps we will see the owners in the league buy television cameras and put those in their own building permanently. Oh. And then production people will come in and use those and I, I think it'll be set up that way. And every one of those cameras will be IP addressable so they can uh, give Italy the slash camera on the right side if they want it or, you know, vice versa uh, for the uh, home team. You can get cameras addressed through the Internet if you do streaming on a television basis. But it'll be very interesting to watch. But I, I do believe it's coming and we're not that far away. Boy, that's a fascinating take. Again, Jim Paschke, our guest, he's the retired television voice of the Milwaukee Bucks after a remarkable 35-year career. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll get some thoughts on this year's edition of the Milwaukee Bucks. So stay with us. Caps HQ, presented by Betway, will continue after this timeout on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back, Caps HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Great to have you with us and great to have you joining us on this week's edition of Caps HQ is Jim Paschke, the retired voice of the Milwaukee Bucks, 35 years calling Bucks basketball. And as I closed out the last segment, I mentioned, uh, boy, he went out in style, retired after Milwaukee won the world championship last June. And Jim, a quick question before we talk about this year's Bucks team, when players retire, you often hear them say it's not really the games that they miss, but it's the relationships. Uh, is that the same with you? And is there a, a relationship or two that really stands out to you in your time with Milwaukee? Well, there are far too many to mention because people, that's what this is about. And yes, you do miss the interactions. Uh, I'm missing that. But, you know, you can keep those up if you try hard enough. I, I keep in contact with people. And the Bucks have been great. I've actually uh, done a few things, uh, conducted a few interviews for them. I was privileged and honored to be asked to host the ring night on opening night this year. So they're keeping me involved on a part-time basis, very part-time. Um, my comment to them was I'd like to be around, but I won't hang around. And so far it's worked out pretty well. I miss the people and I miss talking the game every day and learning the game every day. And I actually miss the preparation. I enjoyed that very much. In fact, uh, before our conversation, I dug into a few things, of course. I just can't break that habit. Going that way, let's talk a little bit about Giannis. That's who everybody wants to talk about. Because over the last 30 days, he's back in the MVP conversation. Jim, he may be having his best season. And the team is you know, going through a lot of things like all teams are with COVID and Omicron and all of that. Um, you know, it's been such a roller coaster ride, and yet he is better, I believe, than he was even last year. So that's true to who Giannis is. You know that. His first year in the league came in as an 18 year old, and, you know, he was feeling his way around. He was having fun and all of that. And then 
in year two, Jason Kidd took over, and Jason Kidd started to teach him what it would take to win a championship, the kind of focus, and Giannis naturally took to that, and he has perfected that for himself. And uh, he's an amazing athlete in terms of how he prepares so diligently and he is an amazing human being in the way that he treats people and he hasn't lost any of that but i really do believe he's perhaps having his best season so far and it's sort of hard to see that some nights but uh, if you look closely he's just playing the game so so well jim so often after a world title uh teams struggle at the beginning of the following season. It's such a mental and physical grind to win an NBA championship. And it seemed like Milwaukee went through that early on. But do you now look at this team and go, they're back in stride, they're playing championship-level basketball? Well, a couple of things about that. Short turnaround, which makes this even more difficult. Uh, and then you throw in all the COVID situations. I mean, the league has used more players, as you know, this year right. than in any year of its existence because of it. So you have this constant flux going on, changes of rosters and combinations. And I don't see that as a positive when you're trying to build a championship team. But the Bucks went through it last year. They know what it takes I've never been a switch guy. You can't flip a switch. Uh, maybe you did in Cleveland a few years when you had a player like LeBron. Maybe the Lakers could do it when they had Magic or Kobe. But teams that think they can flip a switch, I always believe, are making a mistake until they have multiple championships to back that approach up. So uh, we'll see what happens when all three of the Bucks' top players, Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, are on the court. They're still very, very good. You know, I was just thinking about some of the young Turks that are coming through and that Memphis team with John Moran and then the Charlotte team with LaMelo. Those kids, they sort of break the rules, don't they? If you notice their style of play, the up-tempo, the way they're able to create for their teammates. I know that when you and I used to talk, we used to get in some beautiful discussions about the effect of guard play. Well, it starts there for me. Uh, you have to have a point guard. And I thought that one of the major keys to last season for the Bucks was Drew Holiday. People tell me he's not a pure point guard, but he's pretty close. But what he can do and what he did last year, Jim, was blend into an alpha team seamlessly. I watched that from the beginning. He came in and he just didn't push anything, press anything. And I made the statement working with Marcus Johnson that when the Bucks get comfortable with who he is and what he can do, if they let him lead them, it could be a pretty good finish. And it turned out that way. Uh, Marcus at the time said, well, they know who he is and they know what he can do. And I said, yeah, but I'm talking about how he blends in and they have to learn to trust what he can do. And, and we see him play that way with Giannis. He will deny Giannis the ball when Giannis is begging for the ball. Now, try getting away with that if you're not Drew Holiday. And then Giannis ends up with a two-foot dunk. So that's what I'm saying. He's been, he's been brilliant. And your point guard has to be able to shoot. We've had some point guards in Milwaukee that were very good defensively and could get to the basket, but a point guard has to be able to shoot from the perimeter when it's there for him. So uh, I think the pieces are here, and now it's just a matter of uh, resolve again. And the Bucks have learned that. They, they got a very difficult lesson in that when they were up two games to none in the Eastern Conference Finals with Toronto, and uh, they got a little happy. You know, it turned badly for them. They lost four in a row. And it, at that point, I said, it's either going to go up or it's going to go down. If you can't figure out what you have to do after that, uh, you may not figure it out. And, of course, the Bucks did two years later. And uh, that's the biggest thing to me is the mental toughness and resolve that it takes to win a championship. Jim, 
Jim Jones and I talk every night about how everything is so tight in the Eastern Conference. It's amazing how everybody is bunched up. To you, as you look at it, who would be the biggest threat in the Eastern Conference to dethroning Milwaukee? Well, Miami has always played the Bucs very tough. If they would meet in the playoffs, that's always a dangerous proposition for the Bucs, or at least it has been. You know, Jim asked about the youth. Uh, Memphis is a great example of a youthful team. We're watching uh, Chicago all of a sudden uh, find itself, and, and Cleveland has found itself, too. Uh, Coach Bickerstaff is doing a great job. Uh, I happen to like the tall ball that they play when they can. Um, so it's interesting. But now let's talk about what happens in the playoffs. And I just alluded to it. You have to have playoff experience uh, before you can go deep in the playoffs, usually if you're a young team and not used to being in the playoffs. Now, there are examples of where that's not true. Atlanta last year got to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think that should have been a surprise to a lot of people. But we'll see how it plays out. There are exceptions. And, uh, you know, I look at Cleveland, I go, you boy, you know, if they still had Ricky Rubio, and this is what people around the league are telling me, they feared Cleveland with Rubio, and they still believe Cleveland has an excellent basketball team. But now it's a matter of, can you handle the pressure of a deep run? And I think the first step for the Cavaliers, this is my outside opinion, get into the playoffs for the first time since what, 98, 99 without LeBron James, that would be a great step forward. I look at Cleveland and I'm impressed. I really am. I, I first was surprised early in the year and now I go, oh boy, that's a basketball team. So uh, I like what I see there and, and it'll be an interesting game on uh, Wednesday night when the Bucks and the Cavs meet again. You know, we are getting better, but the problem we seem to be having is that when we play the upper echelon teams, the, the top three teams on each coast, they're superstars. They just will their teams to beat us. And I think that's something that I know the Bucks went through until Giannis became this, not, not a star, but a superstar, is that uh, when they would used to meet other big-time marquee players like a LeBron uh, or Durant, they couldn't beat those teams. So can you make a comparison between where we are now and where the Bucks were with the young Giannis? Well, that's an absolutely astute point, Jim, because in, in – you know this. I think everybody, if they stop and think about it, understands that the teams that win championships have not one superstar. They usually have three. And that goes back to the beginning of the league. The only you know, example that refutes that in my mind is probably the 2004 Detroit Pistons. Yep. Uh, they were just deep and, and, and very good. But most of the time you need that that alpha superstar, the uber star. And then you need two other players that are right there behind him. And, uh, you know, how do you get those players? The Bucs were able to do it organically. They drafted Giannis 15th, and, uh, you know, he developed into what he is today. It's hard to trade for players like that. No one wants to give them up. So it's a difficult proposition. But you can still be a good basketball team, and you can still do things correctly, and you can still try to get better every day. You need a leader and a player to show the way when it comes to that, however. And Giannis has done that in Milwaukee. But your point is, uh, you know, absolute because we've seen that historically in the NBA. You need a Larry Bird, a Magic Johnson, a Julius Irving, a LeBron James, a Kobe Bryant, a Robinson in San Antonio, a Giannis in Milwaukee. You know, it's hard to it's hard to get around the need for that, to be sure. We think we have one. We have a young kid named Evan Mobley. Go ahead, Tim. 
Jim, I agree with that. Uh, and obviously a great deal of, of seasoning and experience uh, will get Evan to that point. There's no doubt about it. Jim, well, this looked- has been a joy. We really appreciate it. And uh, again, congratulations on a marvelous career with the Bucks, And what a way to go out as a world champion. Well, thank you. Uh, the players are the champions. The coaches are the champions. I just had the privilege of contributing in a small way to a championship organization and uh, Mobley looks good by the way and give him time you know Jordan won a title his first title in year seven Giannis in year eight so don't get ahead of the uh, don't get over your skis too far but you know if you have that guy it will happen well that's a great point Jim enjoy retirement thank you sir thank you very much thank you both very much Jim Paschke, the retired television voice of the Milwaukee Bucks, had a tremendous 35-year career, and we appreciate him stopping by and joining us on Cats HQ, presented by Betway. Or to come after this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavs Radio Network. Boy, a huge thank you to... Jim Jones for once again lining up a great guest and Jim Paschke, the retired TV voice of the Milwaukee Bucks. Speaking of the Bucks, tomorrow night, Cavs and Bucks at Rockin' Mortgage Fieldhouse, 7 o'clock tip, 6.30 with the Huntington Tip-Off Show on the Cavs Radio Network. So until then, Jim Elkhorn saying thank you much for listening and so long, everybody. <laughs>